So welcome back to my podcast. I'm David Leibovitz, and you can find me at davidleibovitz.substack.com. That's where my newsletter lives, and also my podcast. And this is my fourth episode, and I'm very excited to have today as a guest, Brian Ford. <laughs> I met Brian, what year was it? 2019. Oh, okay, you remember it. In okay. Cincinnati. Oh, okay. <laughs> at the Sever Blog Awards. Yes, was, Food yeah. Blog Awards. Food Blog Awards. And we were fetid, and then the magazine shut down. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I remember meeting you, and it reminded me of the old days of blogging where different people came together, people from Greece, people from Queens, people from France, to form this community of people who liked food and loved food and wanted to share and there was no ulterior motive behind it at the time. We were just happy to do it. Yeah. And I remember meeting you. There weren't, part of it is because there usually aren't a lot of men at those things. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the bacon category, right? <laughs> right. But you also had this vibrant personality. And you won. And I won. And we got gifts. And then we parted. Yeah. And then fast forward to the pandemic, which I now have memorized that date. It's like March 3rd, mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. And everybody got stuck at home, and you and your book took off. Yes. So <laughs> I didn't know a few things about you, Brian. I didn't know you were a line cook who became a baker. Right. So tell us a little bit about your history, um, <laughs> who you are. I mean, it's, it's kind of a yeah. broad question, but no, no, it's something I, I'm used to answering at this point. But it's it all it's all the same. You know, it's the, I got the New Orleans shirt on right now. Okay, and we're you in know, Paris. So, yeah. Yeah. So so that's where I'm from. I'm from New Orleans, and I think when you grow up there, inherently food. You know, just like you know, just like maybe being French or honestly being any 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 culture. Like when you grow up. Food is just a big part of it. Like wanting to eat. Hopefully. 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 I mean, I hope. I mean, yeah. well, and and to your point, I started, you know, a group of friends of mine, we made this cooking club and we would teach other college kids how to cook. You know, okay. so like I was cooking at restaurants, my friends would cook at restaurants and we were cooking in the dorms one day, you know, day off trying to study and someone walks by and they're like, what are you cooking? That smells so good. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, it's just garlic, <laughs> just sauteing uh -huh. garlic right now. Like, there's literally nothing else in this pan. And then, mm -hmm. you know, we realized, that, do people know how to cook? And so we started this whole situation. And that, it kind of evolved from, you know, in cooking on the line. I don't know, David, if you have. I, I probably yeah. should know. But um, when I'm on your podcast, we'll talk about <laughs> yeah. my life as a line cook. Yeah, and you, and you will be on my podcast. Um, <laughs> it's a hectic, you know, late nights not sleeping great, probably going yeah. out to too many bars afterwards, you know, so the line cook life is not, it was, you know, and we then would I, go bowling afterwards. That's funny. I, I started <laughs> at a bowling alley. <laughs> I was a line cook at a bowling alley, which okay. is funny. Um, no, it wasn't bowling. I like the smell of bowling alleys. I think it's the sanitizer and the shoes. Dude, bowling alleys have a different vibe. Yeah. I mean, they like, and this it's uh, it's actually rock and bowl in New Orleans and it's uh that's one of those things where I'm like, should I have said that? Because I quit. Um, so are we cutting that? Probably. <laughs> no, actually, we can't cut that out. <laughs> That's fine. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it was it was a bowling alley, which was a really interesting vibe because it was like oyster Rockefeller salads, like, you know, nice po' mm -hmm. boys, red beans and rice. Like, you know, I was learning how to cook all these That's things. That's a great bowling alley. That's a dope bowling alley. Yeah, I if mean, I have a bowling alley, I'm going to hire you to the, cook. The food was good. The food, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, I, I started baking. Just as, you know, Mardi Gras came around and I was like, I was not a fan of most king cakes you can get. And and, and this actually yeah. goes into the larger conversation. Most king cakes you get are dry and not good. Okay, They're just tell people, <laughs> people that don't know what a king cake is. 
Yeah, I mean, a king cake is a traditional, uh, basically a cinnamon sugar brioche style bread that's topped with a royal icing and uh, red, green, and, and um, purple. purple sprinkles. It's purple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, the, it's the way of celebrating, you know, the epiphany, really. It's, you know, in Mexico, there's a roscaderias here, there's a galeta in New Orleans, there's a king cake, and so on and so forth. Um, and it's, tra- it's traditionally available during the Mardi Gras seasons. So one Mardi Gras, I just decided I was like, I'm gonna make I'm I'm gonna make king cake and sell it by the slice on the street, uh-huh. and so I did, and it was absolutely divine. I mean, it was so much better than the store. Well, okay, the first two were terrible because like I okay. didn't really know how to bake. I was um, how old was I? Twenty. Okay. I mean, I, I knew how to bake, but like you know, the first few were. <laughs> so you just decided to make this king yeah. cake that was kind of dry. It's so dry all the time, yeah. especially from the grocery stores. I'm like, hey guys, can you just like not have it be dry? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, but there's a couple bakeries that make very, very good king cake. Don't get uh-huh. me wrong. There's, there's a couple cats that are out there slinging okay. the best. So I made the king cake and then I fell in love with baking. Mm-hmm. You know, long, long way of me saying like I fell in love with baking and I just became obsessed with it. Well, I'm, I'm actually looking at your hands because you're on Instagram at Artisan Brian, but you have great baking hands. That's what everyone tells me, yeah. but I'm like, I don't get it. I'm a nail biter. I think my, you could be a, tiny. You could be a <laughs> hand model. Yeah, no <laughs> way. My, my brother, my brother did his first hand modeling gig, you know, for a friend's cookbook, but me, I don't know. I guess my hands, my hands look fine. That's, that's what, that's what everyone says. So I, yeah. I you know, something well, doing something right. I think because they have a lot of tones, whereas mine are just the same and you can see all the imperfections. Uh. Like you're now you're staring at my hands. No, yeah, I put definitely them in my just, pocket. <laughs> no, I get self-conscious. Like when I do the TV stuff, I always tell the producers, like, hey, don't get too tight on my fingernails, man. They're like, I'm you know, I bite them too much. I, so, I gotta stop. <laughs> so speaking of TV, so let's just back up just a moment. So your book came out right at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And it's called New World Sourdough. Yeah. Artisan techniques for creative homemade fermented breads. Yeah, I mean the publication date was set in stone well before, I mean, you know, a year maybe not a year before, but you know, in 2019, as I was finishing the book and the copy editing, like, and it's actually my mom's birthday. It came out ah, on June 16th, okay. 2020. And that was, yeah, you know, it was not some kind of rushed situation. Like it was, it was just going to come out. And mm-hmm. I remember, you know, January, February, March, like, you know, I just had a blog for about two years. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. I and just you won were, an award. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's, In it's, a trip to Ohio. It's hey, The trip to Ohio was nice. Yeah. Hey, you know, Cincinnati, watch out. Yeah. Watch out. Decent little town. I mean. The only thing I did when we were there, we went to this dis- bourbon distillery. Oh, you went to the Maker's Mark thing? No, I went. There was a, a night at oh, a bourbon distillery. Oh, okay. And they had a cocktail bar. And they said, what would you like to drink? I said, can I get a rye Manhattan? And like the whole room went quiet. Oh, is that bad? Well, they're like. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> you're in Kentucky. We make bourbon here. Oh. I was like, okay, I'll have a bourbon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But it was okay. Everyone was very nice. And it's actually a great food city. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I went to the spaghetti chili thing. Then that's a different thing. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, I didn't understand. Well, kind of, no offense. Anybody's yeah. like going to New York and having a rainbow bagel and thinking oh, that's a good bagel. Got you, got you, know, you got you. I mean, it's, there's, it's a not really... It's a, Every time I go to Chicago, I'm like, I want to try deep dish pizza. And like locals tell me, don't eat it. They eat the cracker thin, the the bar pizza, right? No, it's like in a deep dish. Oh, it's in. Yeah, it's a deep dish pizza, like round. Yeah, no, I just just started hearing from people in Chicago that 
people, locals in Chicago don't eat deep dish. They eat right. bar pie. Okay. Like, yeah. like, they're, like, and I'm just like, oh, y'all just making this up? Or is it? Yeah, everyone's like done. And usually people are proud. Like you go to Montreal and everyone's like, you have to have our bagels. And, you, yeah. have, you know, you mentioned bagels. People and they, yeah. all the Montrealers come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wrote this book on sourdough and everybody was stuck at home yeah. with not a lot to do. Yeah. And they found you. How did they find you? Um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just, you know, I just social media, I guess, you know, the, the blog, uh, was kind of taken off for a while. Um, you know, coconut bread, pan de coco, mm-hmm. these, these recipes that a few years ago, people weren't, yeah, it's good. People weren't really familiar with using sourdough to make something that doesn't look like that basically. And, you know, okay. I'm pointing to kind of a nice rustic caramelized loaf that's scored with the perfect ear. Yeah. I should, probably should have mentioned at the beginning, <laughs> I have a bunch of breads here from France. We're going to taste. Yeah. I'm just like being teased with like really delicious looking bread in front of me. Okay. But, um, you know, so I, I, you know, I made this blog and I think it kind of caught on pretty much every day for about a year or so. I mean, yeah. people were just making my recipes and I, I never really intended for that to happen. Um, but it did happen. And well, so that's good though. Yeah, I mean, it was natural. It was it was natural. My intention. I was actually waiting for a um, head baker job in Miami, mm-hmm. and the construction kept getting delayed, so I didn't know what to do with my time. So I made this uh, pan de coco with sourdough, put it on a blog, and I was like, I guess I use Wix. Like I, it was uh-huh. so basic. Use and it still is basic, man. Yeah. Like it's just it's just the most simple. I don't have high tech SEO, man. I just I post stuff sometimes, and yeah, but that's great. I mean, I just. <laughs> Because I've been doing this for kind of a while, and I never paid attention to SEO either. Yeah, yeah. You just do what you love and yeah. hope people like it Well, it, it works. I think it, yeah. it's, a, it's a genuine case of like, I just wanted, I didn't want to get on TV. I didn't want to publish a book. I literally uh-huh. was, I just wanted to be a head baker and open a bakery. I didn't, yeah. didn't want to do any of the media and stuff. That, but you have it all now. Well, yeah, I have it all but the bakery. <laughs> and one might say, you know, it's, it's probably for the best at this current moment, because running a bakery is really hard. You know, I have a yeah. lot of friends in the industry, especially with the pandemic, I worked at a bakery it's, one night. I worked at Acme Bakery in Berkeley. I was like, you know what? I'm going back to my regular yeah, job as a it's, restaurant baker. I I will say, like, I worked at Sullivan Street Bakery overnight shifts, okay. and it, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's very very hard. Sleepless nights. It's basically manual labor and lifting stuff. <laughs> lifting like you're lifting so dough. Many yeah, fifty pound bags of flour over and over again. Operating yeah. machinery with, with you know. So it's it's. I didn't end up doing that, but I ended up now having you know. Now I'm on my second cookbook, my second TV right. show. You know, uh-huh. got some of my own podcast things in the works. And, you know, it's it's just been a whirlwind, man. I don't know I don't know how people find me, but they find me, I mean. Yeah, well you were found, so your book took off. Mm. Um, you have a huge following on the internet. Yeah. Um, but you also were discovered by Chip and, not discovered, I should say. Um, uh, you, yeah, were, discovered. you were sourced I by. I was sourced, <laughs> I was sourced. <laughs> you were insourced by Chip and Joanna Gaines yeah. of Magnolia Table fame. And now you have a TV show. Yeah. And you're doing season two, and you're doing a new book on Latin pastry, Latin baking, Latin American baking. Yeah, okay. that's a that's a big mouthful. There, it's a lot. You know, I was actually I was found by this one sitting behind us, okay. which is Bridget, my partner. I, I get a DM from this random TV producer right mm-hmm. when I was writing the book and New World Sourdough, and she's like, "Hey, you look like you should be on TV," and blah blah blah. Yeah. And I was like. Sure. Like, and, and it's not, I never thought about being on TV. I was if like, well, I had a network, I would want you on my network. Maybe that's <laughs> well, what I should do. Maybe, maybe that's what you should do. But, um, <laughs> it's worked out well. I'm thankful to be on Magnolia Network and I'm doing my second TV show with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the theme of that TV show is kind of similar to the overarching, like, theme of my work where it's like, 
you know, what is a flatbread, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, where does it come from? Is pizza a flatbread? Why mm -hmm. isn't it thought of the same way, you know, injera is thought about or like, why, you know, isn't a tortilla a flatbread? Like just bringing these different, uh, you know, dumplings, like, you know, isn't ravioli just a dumpling? Where did, yeah. you know, isn't pierogi a dumpling? It's not, you know, when I, well, I shouldn't, I can't say too much actually about the show. I won't spoil it. But bagel, yeah. It's, K -A -K it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just about, it's about talking about the lineage of, of food, mostly doughs or baked goods, but there's some other things in the show. Um, well, you, you, what's really great about you is that you skew several cultures very well. You introduce people to, such as Latin American baking. Right. Um, people might normally not be that um, knowledgeable about it, for example. No. And then they see you on Instagram, you make this olive bread, and I still have this image <laughs> in my head of all these olives going into bread. Yeah. It really makes me want to make that bread. The, yeah, the mufalada, the you know, yeah. that, whilst that is not a, a Latin American uh, a bake, it, you know, it's I'm from New Orleans, so the mufalada right. is influenced by my, my upbringing either way, but it's, it's, yeah, it's about like, you know, when I eat a mufalada and the bread's too dry, I'm like, well, how do we solve that problem? Why don't we just add the olive salad into the bread? It's mm -hmm. going to be moist. You know what I mean? Like just something simple, something fun. Um, but I don't, I don't want to like profess to know everything about Latin American baking. You know, I was just on the train yeah. from Marseille to Paris right now, trying, just getting back into that work groove, touching up some paragraphs and reading things. And, you know, as I'm about to finish this book, I mean, it's due in two months. It's, oh, it's and you're a, traveling. You're on vacation. It's all good. It's all good. I work better. <laughs> you're like under my pressure. hero. I've, I've, uh, no, it's just, I, it's just, you know, it's, it's, I've had 18 months to do it. Um, and I, see, now I'm starting to get stress in my head. But okay. no, 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 not stress, not stress. No, I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, is it? Am I good? No. It's look. It's you're 150. On vacation, no, it's good. It's good. It's 150. Uh, 150 Latin American baking recipes. Mm -hmm. It's a big, it's a, it's a monster. It's great. And it's not just sourdough. It's, ah, it's okay. pastries, it's desserts. It's, you know, all of Latin American baking, all of the, you know, the countries and the Caribbean and showing people that you can, you don't, you don't even need to use sourdough to make bread delicious. You mm -hmm. can use different grains, you know, like right. quinoa or amaranth or sorghum, you know, native grains in Latin America to make really tasty things or, you know, the gluten-free goods with cassava flour. Um, that's gluten-free. I have gluten-free bread. So for people that are listening, it's a little hard to explain what's in front of us, but I bought a bunch of breads in my neighborhood for Brian to taste. Um, and one of them, he said, it's really hard to sit next to it because the sesame smell is really strong. It's and we love so sesame. strong. And it's like my favorite bread and one of my favorite breads in Paris. But taking a little uh, different turn, a while back, you had made some comments online, you know, which everybody does, and they were sort of amplified, you know, in some ways about French bread and how people are focused on French baking. Yeah. And that's definitely true as a baker. I was always influenced by France, a little more with Italy, but I was definitely heavily influenced by France. And you asked the question, why is everybody obsessed with this one country? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a strange one. It's, yeah. Yeah, well, because here's the thing. It's a, at, it's a really good question, actually. At the end of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, when you think about how baking started, most likely in Africa, right? Most likely in North Africa. Baking, you know, bread, um, fermented dough, you know, porridge. Well, I always think everything starts either in Arabic countries or China. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's you know, and that's, again, it's, you know, fact checking is crazy, right? So it's like, I, I hate to, I hate to say, but it most likely, you know, baking bread most likely originated in, mm -hmm. in, in that part of the world, you know, and then, you know, these traditions kind of move from continent to continent, right? right. So 
I think you cannot avoid the fact that Europeans introduced wheat to the Americas. They inter- you know, even though they destroyed a lot of land in South America with sugarcane, with wheat, with things that just didn't belong in the mm-hmm. land, they basically showed up with their diseases and said, put this in the ground. We don't really, we don't care who you are. You're going to put this okay. in the ground. We know you eat corn, but now you're going to eat wheat. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, for example, the, the, the flour tortilla, whilst corn is the primary form of eating a tortilla, flour tortillas are now part of Mexican culture, especially mm-hmm. in the northern part of the country, because it, it just is. It, it, yeah. it came and it evolved. And so these baking traditions came from France or Italy, you know, Argentina, the Italians, in mm-hmm. Peru, there's a panettone called paneton, and it's you instead of um, it's dried papaya, and it's and oh, it's wow. a, yeah, it's it's so you know you can't say it's not influenced by European baking, but you also can't say that it's not influenced by Africa. Mm-hmm. Like when I you know when I'm in France, no one's sitting here saying like yeah, this is a baguette. You know, it, it, we're influenced by Africa though. No, mm-hmm. it's com- it's a complete transcending movement, right? right? So and and I think Latin America deserves to have that separation as well. It's like, sure, the influence came. Sure, we were colonized. But what we bake is so far removed from from what they were doing or what mm-hmm. they bake. It deserves its own platform. It deserves its own attention and its own artisanal baking. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. seat at the table type thing. And that and oh. that's really the the question. It's not it's not like an anti-European European baking thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like I love all bread. Yeah. Period. That's why this I, is yeah, a when fact. I read <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually agreed with, you know, some of your points. You're like, why is every bakery have to have a croissant? Exactly. And that's the big, that's the most <clears> fun I like point. croissant, but yeah, I, I love them. They're, you yeah. know, I actually, t- this and morning at the hotel, here. we had a really good one. It was actually okay, this one's ridiculously really good. good. That one does look good. Okay. But why <laughs> is that the go-to, a croissant, a baguette, a focaccia, you know? I think... What is it about a bakery in the United States? Let's just talk about mm-hmm. the United States, right? Where we have cities that are super diverse. You got LA, you got New York, you got mm-hmm. your Miamis, you got cultures from everywhere. But when someone opens a bakery, 98.7% of the times, if, you know, if, it's, if it's like, a, oh, I'm opening a bakery, you know, uh, let's let Eater know. It's something that Eater's going to write about. Or right. I got Instagram right, yeah. and I'm da-da-da. They're going to be making, I guarantee you they're going to be making... Danish, uh, a Danish rye, a rug brood, uh-huh. or, a, or a croissant, a croissant. or, um, you know what I mean? Uh, oh, the focaccias oh, are out. And yeah. what is it about that? Why, do, why don't people like, oh, I'm moving to a bakery. I'm going to be making conchas. I'm going to be making... I think it's you know aspirational. I, mean? I think, like, there was a whole macaroon craze. And yeah. Everyone in America wanted macaroons. And people were writing to me, what are people in Paris, how do they make them? I'm like, nobody in Paris makes their own macaroons. They right. buy them at the bakery. But I think... France has become aspirational to a lot of people. People think, you know, every baguette in France is really good. It's the home of croissant and so forth. And it's part of it because it's part of the culture. And it's also a culture. It's also an image that's marketable. Yes. You know, everyone wants to be French. Oh, yeah. Um, popular shows like Emily in Paris, which we can, that's for episode two. Uh, no, <laughs> for a second. Part. No, people read, you know, they watch that and it's frothy and fun. I think everyone wants to be, you know, if I may, everyone wants to be white French, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's like you're saying the image of like, you know, when I look at, oh, it's like old school baking techniques or pictures, some people mm-hmm. will post like vintage baker pictures and it's yeah. always just, it's like the white guys, like they'll yeah, never focus yeah. on, there's other, there's other people in this country that bake, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, so it's, it's, it's even like as aspiring to be that, but then still segregating yeah. it. France has, ha- I mean, that's, it's a very complicated it topic is actually, here in yeah, France, <laughs> um, race, because I have several friends who are African. Right. And it's a different, the difference between like 
white Americans and black Americans is very, is, it's a different thing than the difference between like French people and right. people from Africa. Right. Because in France, everyone's expected to be French and they say, you're not African, French, you're French. Right. And some people think that that sort of erases people's culture. Yeah. And other people say, well, it helps because we're all the same. We're all treated equally. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tricky one. I mean, I that's like tricky. to identify as Afro, Honduran, Honduran American, yeah. Hispanic American, whatever. Yeah. I prefer that because I like to kind of wear that on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the reason I wear it on my sleeve is because it's literally on my yeah. sleeves. <laughs> and I grew up in but Louisiana, yeah. so like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back away from it now. Mm-hmm. Now that I, you know, have a platform or whatever, and just, oh yeah. no, I'm just American. Like, no, I am, I am Afro, Afro Latino. You yeah. know, what I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna embrace that. So. So um, speaking of embracing, we can talk about some of these breads and then I actually love this topic because I, I have a friend who started this little Africa project to yeah. promote African culture. And we had a lot of interactions during lockdown because she was building this place. And I just love her and I love what she's doing <laughs> and I get teary eyed around her because I'm just proud of what she's done. Yeah. And she's just a cool person. She's very honest too, talking about what's it like to be in France to be a person of color. Right. And like anywhere, it's not It's not easy. easy. It's just not. Yeah, and you've written about that yeah. too, and it some of it's unfathomable. Um, <laughs> some of it. Well, I think in, I think in one of the articles you you talked about earlier, I, I talked about even even the term person of color. It's like it you, you, it already like even though it's you know it's not um it's not meant to be said with bad intentions, mm-hmm. but it, it's already casting like, like you're just a person, but we're yeah. a per- like, it's so strange, you know, how the words that we use have defined who we are. And mm-hmm. we, off the bat, we're going to accept that there's some kind of asterisk of like, oh, like person. I know, but oh, you know, cut, I, I you had know, lunch like, with somebody who has cerebral palsy and he goes, yeah, I'm calling myself, he, he uses a word that is considered not necessarily like a word that a lot of people use. He goes, but it's what I am and I right. don't care. And he's very cool and open. So it's tricky yeah. nowadays. It, it's, it, these, these subjects are tricky, but I mean, everyone has their own experience yeah. and you can only pull from your own experience. And I think that's the most important thing. Like yeah. good intentions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my experience with you. Mm-hmm. I try, David, to not, <laughs> I try to not say I don't like bread from any country. Okay. And so Still like- I don't think I don't think I've ever like said like I hate or I don't like this specific bread. Okay. Well, you know, I want you to be honest because I actually got I'll talk I'll just mention what these breads are and then we can go through them, but I got different kinds. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get just like a regular white flour baguette right. or a pan au levain. Right. I wanted to get you right. some of the new kind of breads that yes. younger people cuz it's this great young energy in Paris. Yeah. So the breads I've got here, one of them, this is a gluten-free All right, we'll start five with grain the, bread. We're starting with the sans gluten. Sans gluten. <laughs> um, it's from Chambellan Bakery, and okay. they have their own mill. They mill their own buckwheat flour in Provence, okay. and they get handmade rice flour. The owner of the bakery, Thomas Chambellan, has a bread school in Provence, I think, in the mountains somewhere. And he's, he's actually gluten-free, but they do these amazing breads. So I wanted you to try that because it's fascinating. And you're, you look like an eagle. I'll cut them up in just a moment, but I just want to explain them. Yeah. This is a bread from Ten Bells. And this is from a woman's Alice Guillet, and I hope I pronounce her name right. She studied bread making in Copenhagen mm-hmm. and in San Francisco at Tartine. Oof. Yeah. Come on. This, I, just, I just took That's, a whiff of this, and you can already smell... 
Ooh, is that wheat bran on the bottom too? I I think a little wheat bran. I like that. There's something magic about there's this. There's something bread. magic. That yeah. smells really good. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> that smells. Yeah. It just smells so healthy too. I mean, it smells exceptional. Well, so anybody who leaves a comment like he doesn't like French bread, we we we, we can now prove that oh, wrong. Oh no, we debunk in that because I'm about to. Woof. <laughs> this is a ba- uh, baguette au grain, and I recently okay. with grains. And I recently posted about a baguette au grain, au grain that I had, and this woman left a comment, and I'm kind of obsessed with this comment. She was like, no, with like 12 exclamation marks. I was like, what do you have against grain? <laughs> so this is a bakery. It's some young guys. They're called the French Bastards. Oh, and- that's, oh thank you, yeah. because I on this trip, I meant to go there, and I didn't have a chance. So okay, well, they're, right, they're, oh, they're right, right down there. the street. You fulfilled. All right, great. So I wanted you to try this baguette. From them. That's nice. This is a, a little oddity. This is a sesame curry baguette from Utopie Bakery. Very hipster bakery. Okay. They do some interesting breads and pastries. I am kind of addicted to it. I love sesame. Okay. I love to, to I think sesame. you're moving to France. You're going to be. Yeah, nice. sure. But I'm moving to the coast, though. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> I, I get that. And I also have a croissant. You had talked about croissants in an article saying, you know, why is everyone making croissants? And I thought we could talk a little bit about them. This is from Utopie, and they use very good butter in it. Mm -hmm. And croissants are kind of ubiquitous in France, as you know. Like, every bakery has them. They cost, like, a euro, and nobody makes any money on them, but they have to do croissants. That's that's the insane difference in terms of, like, you know, in the States, uh, high-quality croissants are going to be, like, six bucks. Yeah, but that's because it's full of butter, and it's a lot of work. Everyone imports the butter from France, which, well, I, you know, I have done it myself. When I ran a bakery in Miami for eight months, I was importing kilos of you know, the butter block. And that's just what it was. And they tasted great, you know? Okay. Well, somebody, I just read something recently about baguettes and because they were designed for workers to bring to work about a hundred years ago in Paris. And I read something recently and they said, well, they were also designed to rip with your hands. Right. Because they didn't want people having knives because they would get into fights like the workers because oh, things were a little rougher interesting. then. Well, I'm a big fan of ripping bread with my hands. So I I'm going to let you cut the breads and Ooh. we'll talk about them. So whichever one you want to start yeah, with. Let's do that. I have an idea. Do you think we should get a little video of this? To you can do of, that. Just a quick, okay. just the bread tasting video here. I guess I'm still in my pajamas. I didn't realize we were going to get <laughs> well, well, you know. <laughs> we like video. Well, we, we can just like, yeah, it's all good. All right. So okay. let's start with some bread here. Uh, I can start with whichever one I want. Yep. This is and your can, bread. Uh, this is my yeah. bread, so I'm gonna definitely going to do this. I can't take pictures because my camera's in use <laughs> or my phone. And you took the quignon, which is the best part. It's the crust. And mm. you're no. you going to get something up? Yeah. Oh. I love bread. Mm. I'm going to take pictures. Hey, you can take pictures, mm. too. Mm. I do have butter, but. You can't go wrong with the toasted sesame. You know, the butter here is so good. I'd rather just taste the bread without yeah. it, just to really feel, to embrace the fermentation. It's like a treat. Like this bread toasted with butter in the morning. This mm. is, this is, this is excellent. Yeah. Mm. Maybe I can be on his TV show and come to France. Yeah, yeah. why not? Is this all white flour? In this I one? think that one is. This one is different kind of flour. No, I'm going to get into that one. I really love mm. the sesame on this. Mm. Beautiful bake, perfect bake, perfect undertone. I mean, everything is spectacular. I love the bake on this one as well. Beautiful bottom. This is the ba- the grainy baguette from the French Bastards. And the reason they, they actually call it a batard because there's a bread that's kind of like a, you, you might know this, 
It looks like Ooh. a baguette, but it's wider and bigger. Right. And batard means bastard. Right. So Romaine's right. like, that's not a batard. <laughs> like, Let me tell you, it's, I mean, for a, for a bread that's with, you know, grains, whole grains, mm. probably a good percentage of, <laughs> a good percentage of whole wheat flour in there. It's really light. Yeah. It's really airy. It's really fluffy, so that I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. You want something? And I've, I've been at a couple of bakeries in Paris, like Chambellan and in the French Bastards, and they've had customers come in and say, oh, well, I don't want to eat flour. I don't want to eat bread. It's not good for you. And they're like, well, we have nutrition. Like, our bread is nutritious. We use good brains. Good good grains. Good grains. Yeah. Ooh. I like You trying to sweep me off yeah. my feet in here? What's going on? So we have to find the commenter. It's like, he doesn't like French bread. And, Listen. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean. This is phenomenal. Wow. I mean, this is. Sometimes I tell people where to go and get stuff and they don't. They're like, oh, so-and-so goes. And I'm like, you know, I actually live here. And I'm, mm. I was like, you're a, I was like, for you coming, right. I was like, I've got to get the best. Like, I'm I did, so happy I didn't want to mess around. I really wanted to go to the French Bastards and just didn't. I actually went to one location and it was closed. We woke up one morning. I guess I got something mm. wrong on the GPS. Mm-hmm. It's so good, isn't it? Mm. And they were closed. So this is a this is huge because they're bread. down the street. It's phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this is like let me take you to a picnic with a bottle of wine and some cheese, and I'm gonna bring this yeah. bread. You know what I mean? So, wow. And I might give it to you to take back, but this might. Has, the sesame one. I'm like, no, we're no. flying out tomorrow, so oh. like, we might not eat all this bread. To be okay. completely honest, so I'm gonna get, I'm gonna use the knife on this one. Okay, this so is I don't the Ten a- Bells bread, and this is called their classic bread. They do several different breads, um, and I love. Wow, I mean, when you let bread. me smell it earlier. Yeah, you can I love, smell. I love. I think it's like a wheat bread on the bottom or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know whatever it is, I love that little extra texture there. Let's get this here. Oh, I can't resist. Mm. It's got that good funk. It's got that excellent flavor. This is, na- this is a natural. This this must be a, a sourdough. Yeah. Like, this must be. And I put it in quotes because I think there's a lot of different things. Like, is sourdough? Can you put a little pinch of yeast in it? Is it yeah. still sourdough? This is a hundred percent naturally fermented. If Do I you had think to guess, there's barley. There's some like barley flour or something in there. It tastes like to me because it's almost. Not I think fruity. this this is this must be freshly milled flour or some kind of fresh uh-huh. grain well, everything that just they, yeah, that they, just add, you know you can feel the moistness. There is a fruitiness to it. Mm-hmm. There's it's almost like we're tasting wine with that bread. Just like so many yeah. different flavor notes. But well, that, I, yeah. that's just very good. I mean, it's just exceptional. They're looking for a baker right now. So if you decide you want to stay, we well, have the guest the guest room. You guys are welcome to stay as long bring as bring bread home. <laughs> yeah. I'll set my hours. I'll work one hour a day at 1 oh, p.m. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's now a TV star. Yeah. <laughs> no. in, I'll be in the dressing room. Call me and knock when you need me. All right. Okay. We're going to go. Wow. I mean, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Just going back to the 10 bells. As all of the bread entered, the, the, the flavor just got better. Yeah. That's what, well, the yeah. Aftertaste, you know, the aftertaste is like. Sourdoughs actually get Oof. better as they sit. And they told me that at Poilin. They're like, the first day it's mild, and then the, by the fifth day it's very acidic. Yeah, her bread's very good. I met yeah. with her the second or third day I was here. And oh, great. she showed okay. me the bakery at Polonia we're talking yeah. about. Um, the bread was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's got that good acidity. It's not like overly acidic, but it's just like this one here. It's It's got... And it just told, really packs a punch. She told me something really, because I tried to make bread at home and it didn't come out so great. I was like, well, okay, it's better at the bakery. And she goes, bread likes to be baked together. <laughs> and it's true. You know, you look yeah. in the oven and there's 100 bread loaves of bread. Bread likes to be baked together. I like that. And they're all happy and crackly and the yeast is running mm. around. So this is the, this Sans is gluten. gluten-free. Mm. It's called the Sank, Pano Sank, five-grain bread. Mm. 
It's all, there's no gluten in it. So and it pe- must be rice flours or? Rice flour, buckwheat flour. Buckwheat flour. Wow. This would be good. Slice up and just kind of put things on butter mm-hmm. and some meats or some cheeses. It's very good. The grains really stand out, though. I like the heavy coating of yeah. sun- sunflower seeds, yeah. I think, is the predominant factor. That's very good. I mean, for a gluten-free bread to have that kind of structure. Yeah. What more can you ask for? Well, he, you know, you've got this guy, Thomas Chambalon, who is a professional bread. He's like a bread instructor. They do a bread, and I didn't get one. It's called the pain de sucre, and it's kind of their version of a baguette. It's this long rectangular bread, and somehow they coat it with this syrup and then roll it in sugar and broil it. Broil. And then you eat it, and it's like soaked with, it's not sweet, but it's like a great, like so Royal maybe we'll go man. we have a field trip yeah we might yeah. need that or when i come live here for a month to be your best friend oh that's right you're, you're, I'm, I'm launching a best friend in paris program <laughs> and it's for 12 people they get a month in paris but they have to be my best friend absolute best friend so you managed to find two different types of baguettes a nice table loaf and a gluten-free loaf that yeah. were so high quality that i'm smiling nonstop. Yeah. Well, in, in france great. You did it. Well, you did. You got me. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But the final final chapter here, the croissant. And this is an interesting croissant. This Mm -hmm. is from uh, Boulangerie Utopie or Utopia Mm -hmm. Boulangerie. A lot of people are focused on croissant structure and how they look and they do the cut open. Mm -mm. um, And you just sort of went, no, which is good. Mm. (laughs) Okay. I mean... I actually read a great quote. Do you know, is it Jorgen Carlson? Yeah, good. No, I don't. From um, Jor- Jane the Baker. I think his mm, name is mm-hmm. Jordan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jorgen Carlson. Mm-hmm. He said, don't look at the holes. Look at what's going on between the holes mm-hmm. in bread. I mean, mm. you can just taste the quality of the ingredients. Oh. That's the, I mean, the butter. It's like a slight little sweet hint, like not something crazy, but it's almost like a slight sweetness in the bite. Melts in the mouth. It doesn't shatter all over your, you know, it's yeah. not too crazy. It's soft. That's that's one thing I think a lot of croissants in the United States, croissants, croissant, code switch, um, <laughs> sometimes are too big. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they have yeah. this like really big mouthful. You know, you know the bakeries, uh, you know, obviously not naming, naming names, is just like some bakeries that are charging five bucks for a croissant. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of this big croissant. Uh, and when you bite it, it's just like it's like it's it's really crunchy, or it's like it doesn't melt in the mouth completely. Well, the rate the ratio's off too mm-hmm. when it's big because mm-hmm. you want you don't want a big. I mean, no. you want to no. You at want the French to- bastards, they're very influenced by America. They like America, and they were doing these giant croissants. And they asked me. They said, "Well, we had a few people come in, and not complain, but mention something about the croissant." They're like, "What do you think?" I said, "Well, you know." They're too big for French people. Yeah. And they're, you know, I'm French too, but, um, you know, I'm also American. Um, but it's too big for me. Like, I don't want yeah. that much croissant. Yep. No, this is the perfect size, perfect flavor, perfect mouthful. It is, you brought your A game. You brought Paris's A game here. And let me tell you, it is, <laughs> this bread is out of control. These breads are perfect. I mean, they're delicious. And I, okay. I don't see why people... Like, there's nothing wrong with aspiring to making this bread. No. There's absolutely nothing wrong with yeah. someone wanting to open a bakery and make the perfect croissant mm-hmm. or score the perfect loaf or make, you know, this this style of rustic bread. Absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, it, <laughs> you got me like, yeah, you're, it's, uh, no, but like, it, no, it really, it really has me 
I mean, I'm just like, I didn't eat dinner yet. I'm like, should I just oh, eat this bread? Like, should I just We like- have bread for dinner with cheese <laughs> and charcuterie sometimes and so forth. You think a Latin American bakery would do well here? There actually are a couple. There's Ooh. one not far from here. And I walked by it the other day, but I, th- I think it was like late in the afternoon. They didn't have a lot of stuff. Is it the place that may see empanadas? It's, Any chance? No, no, no. It's on, no. I think, Rue Chemin okay. But I'm not, I can look it up afterwards. Yeah. Because it would be interesting to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, Mexican food in Paris is just getting, people are starting to appreciate authentic Mexican food and Latin American food. Because for years, they just haven't had good examples of it. Mm -hmm. So there is a, I think there's maybe one or two Mexican bakeries that have Mm -hmm. opened or Latin American Latin bakeries. I I might have to pull up, you know what I mean? I might have to pull up and see what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, we'll look up the address after, but I'm glad that you're enjoying this part of France because this is, people often ask me, like, why would you move to France? Right. I'm, I'm like, well, like, look at all this bread. And this is all from like a block away from yeah. where I live. Yeah, and these, these so. specifically have high quality ingredients. Yeah, these are techni- The techniques, the firm, the digestibility and everything mm-hmm. that you would be looking for in, because, you know, if you're going to eat a lot of bread, you got to eat good bread, right? And oh, that, yeah, I think yeah. that's, you know, in New York City, if you walk into any bodega and grab a bagel, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think, and I'm not, I, I haven't had terrible bread here, but I could see how you could easily not eat the best quality bread, yeah. right? You, you know, if you're, if you're at a restaurant and they just serve you some random, you know. You uh, know, when I moved to my apartment where we're talking right now, uh, I've lived here for 11 years. There were five bakeries around here. They were all, I hate to say this, but they were terrible. <laughs> and they were really bad bakeries. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And well, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about that part of France, but it's okay, you know, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. France had a specific period where the quality of food, people were writing articles about it. And then one by one, the bait, like Chambellon, the gluten-free bakery, it was kind of a bad bakery. They closed and then Chambellon opened and I went in there. I was like, they had these beautiful financiers. They had wonderful lemon tarts. I was like, this is all gluten-free. And people are like, uh, oh, gluten-free. Who wants that? I'll eat it all. I I'll love eat it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I love rice flour. Yeah. I love lemon. I love buckwheat. I love sesame. And then one by one, the bakeries changed. And now we have the most amazing bakeries. Mm-hmm. And I don't know which ones to go to because I know them all, so I have to hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must be tough when you have the abundance of choice. Yeah, but you know, you actually going to the bakery in France is part of daily life. And yep. during lockdown, like bakeries were allowed to stay open and everyone was making sourdough bread thanks to you on the internet. <laughs> and people were saying, well, aren't you making sourdough? I was like, well, first of all, I like going to the bakery. Yeah. When it's part of my, you know, I see the people, I say hi. And they actually do it better than I could do. But maybe I'm just not a bread baker. Maybe like you're you not. Are. Maybe you're just not a bread baker. <laughs> but you, you know, you could be. You could be one day. Um, I could be, but you know, I'm actually happy to buy bread and support the people that make it. And it's part of life in France to go yeah. buy your baguette. And I know people that go to the bakery every day and they buy a half a baguette. And you think like in America, like no, you know, it's like 50 cents, like nobody would wait in line 10 yeah. minutes. No one would do it. And even during lockdown, when people were terrified of going out, everyone, I had a friend, she's like, I have to have fresh bread every day. I can't. <laughs> and I would get like a loaf for the week. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but the but you know the the bakeries here most of the mm. most of the, you just you walk in you know you say hi you say what you want and you leave yeah and I think a lot of bakeries in the states it's more of a like oh like I'm gonna sit down and like sit inside of this bakery yeah. and eat my croissant or my whatever I ordered uh, so I do like I do kind of like the, the the quicker co- community style of just like popping in yeah. like hey what's going on man let me get this, you know two yeah. croissant 
pound chocolate, one coffee, boom, and then you're gone. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that. I mean, there's no chairs in most of the bakeries. Like, it's like, get out. Yeah. We don't well, want you to sit in here. <laughs> a friend of mine in New York said, well, bakeries in New York sell coffee because that's what they make the money on. It's that's hard true. to make money, even though that people that were talking true. about the $5 croissant. Yeah. It's, it's hard like, to make a like lot selling, of money. It's like selling booze at a restaurant. Yeah. If you don't do it, you ain't going to make money. <laughs> well, okay. So I want to thank you for being on the show because I'm new to podcasting and you're one of my favorite guests. And I just love that you have this passion for bread and you're here in France and you were talking on Instagram about like this bread is so crunchy and you were showing it and you were <laughs> like, you just love bread. I do. I, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I can't say there's a different food item that speaks to me as much as like baked goods, breads and, ah, okay. you know, and again, like, you know, different cultures, different countries, doesn't matter. I'm addicted to it. If I'm in a country, I'm going to find bread. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to seek it out. So you're, you know, you're a busy guy. I appreciate okay. you okay. having me on, you know, this obviously. This is Brian Ford Day in my apartment. Brian Ford Day. <laughs> Maybe I'll get one of those uh, drinking French cocktails to finish things <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Have my vacation end with a bang here. Okay. Where are you going for your last night in? Paris Oof. well I was gonna ask you where we oh. should go for dinner because okay. we are we're nearby we'll be in your neighborhood so where should we eat dinner okay we'll talk about that afterwards because oh. I have to have a I have to interview you oh. about that got you like what do you want to eat got you, you got like, you got you got you have a reservation um, <laughs> he's, he's got to get real with me guys yeah. <laughs> well no I, I appreciate it this this podcast is gonna be great thank you guys okay. for listening um, so people can find you at at Artisan Brian. Artisan Brian. Um, and you have a website and a ArtisanBrian.com. I've got a Patreon. Also Artisan Brian. Really simple, guys. Okay. Very pragmatic. Um, you can find my TV shows on Magnolia Network. Um, you can find my book in your local bookstore, New World Sourdough. That's, and you have a new book coming out I have on a Latin new, American baking yeah. when? Bread. Fall 2023. So you guys Ooh. have a little bit of time to prepare for it. So Pre-order. In about a year. You have yeah. to finish it. I've got to fi- I'm literally got to go right now and finish the book. Um, the hardest thing about it. doing a book is when you're done and it comes out and you do book events. People go, so what's your next book? You're like, yeah. I just spent three years on this one. Let me, I, yeah. need, I need like six months to be in this. Have, my agent's already talking about a third book. So it's, it's yeah. It's, well, that's a good agent. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're answering all your emails now. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, so, so that's okay. where you can find me. And um, yeah, I appreciate it. Okay, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Once again, I'm David Leibovitz, and you can find me at David Leibovitz with a V dot substack dot com. And you can also subscribe to my podcast. I'm new to this, but I know that different platforms let you subscribe. So you can do that if you want to hear these automatic, you want these automatically to show up in your feed. Mm hmm. Which right? you should. And you have a podcast too. I can't talk about it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That out. <laughs> Not yet, okay. but soon. <laughs> okay, we can't talk about where you're having dinner and your or, podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that as soon as you hit pause. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do that right now. All right, well, thanks for being here. It was a great pleasure to have you. Ciao, ciao, man. Okay. Thank you.